When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Matt Lieb. And I'm Vince Mancini. And this is Pod Pod Yourself Yourself a Gun. Gun. A Sopranos podcast where Vince Mancini and I go through every single episode of The Sopranos and talk about it. The most original concept in podcasting since uh, the first podcast where a bunch of dudes just talked about their dicks. This is uh, this is the first, you know, like no one's ever thought of this. So we're, we're pretty proud of this idea. You know what I mean, Vince? Yeah, yeah, no. First time ever. Today, our guest is a fantastic, hilarious uh, writer. He's written for the WWE. He's written uh, for The Guardian. He has a podcast called Full Court Chat. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Dave Schilling. How you doing, Dave? Oh, my God. I'm so good. It's too hot uh, inside and outside. Yeah. But uh, I'm. I think we're going to cool off with these incredible sopranos takes god damn right such dude. cool takes we're doing we're cool gonna... takes this is gonna be a cool take podcast where we just <laughs> go like instead of like trying to find different like you know hot uh you know spicy culture war things we're just gonna go hey this episode was sick <laughs> well what's what's a cooler take than talking about a television show that's from almost 20 years <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah literally it's almost a dead take at this point at this yeah, point, well, what are we gonna and what are we gonna say about it? It's like, oh, Richie April wasn't so bad. Yeah, right. He was a good husband. No, we're gonna say he's a bastard. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it is. It's such a good show that. Uh, listen, we don't love every single episode of this show, as any listener of this podcast <laughs> will attest to. But yeah, in general, our takes are lukewarm sometimes, but for the <laughs> most part, cool as fuck. God damn, we're selling the hell out of this yeah, show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stop any, listening now. Any advertisers. Tune in. <laughs> well, Sorry. Sorry, we love the, everything. Um, Before we get into it, we would be remiss if we didn't play the theme song. Pod. Pod. Podcast. Pod. 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 Podcast. Just a wonderful theme song. Uh, never gets old. Uh, <laughs> Anyways, um, today, as I said before, <laughs> today we're watching from season two, episode 12, The Night 
in white satin armor. And this episode premiered uh, April 2nd in the year 2000. Uh, so for a bit of cultural context, uh, my co-host Vince Mancini is going to take us in a little trip back into the Remember When machine. Walk, walk, daddy, daddy, mama, shoo, Remember then, 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 then. Remember when? Remember when is the lowest form of conversation. The show Just may never recover bumper. from giving uh, Matt... Uh, editing capabilities but you know what now that's we got a, a lot of new bumpers that's a great bumper dude i yeah. think it all right it's pretty so good i yeah, i liked it. i had to find a frankie valley and the four seasons song called remember when i mean that's i did some work yeah all right, no, it, was Vince? Good. it was good it starts out with them saying "wop" twice. I mean, I don't think you get any better than that. <laughs> I just I have to belittle your work. It's my brand on this show. I know. Yeah. I know. Uh, so yeah, April second, two thousand. It's a Sunday. Uh, you know, some of the headlines that we we're working with on that day uh, from the New York Post: Traders on Queasy Street after stock tumble. Uh, God. In- Investors were taken on a wild and scary bungee jump as the NASDAQ Composite Index tumbled for the second straight day, leaving shareholders to wonder whether the tech stock bubble is about to burst. It sure is, dude. Too many people, uh, you know, buying into Webistics. They're buying yeah. Webistics, and then they're uh, getting they get sold out from under them. Hey, I'm pumping wa- and dumping over here. Hey. <laughs> you do wonder, uh, you know, what amount of mafiosos like actually were doing like pump and dump scams uh through like you know for during the first internet uh dot com bubble because it is it seems like it's it's an interesting storyline that chrissy has but at the same time you're kind of just like i mean how close is this to just a regular ass job you know what i mean like right. like this is it does seem to me that like to be a stockbroker and have a stockbroking scam none of that feels expressly that illegal so you do wonder yeah also i mean chris it doesn't seem like the kind of guy who would be like yeah i'm gonna sit in an office all day and trade stock yeah right he probably wants to be out like doing drugs yeah yeah yeah, mostly doing drugs yeah yeah Yeah. i just did it doesn't strike me i guess that's the comedy right sure at all is that it's absurd that he's doing this and and engaging in this work a day sort of like coffee drink and water cooler bullshit right it just seems like it's it's close enough to like the fact that like it's almost like as a a as a scam we have this great idea we're all gonna learn how to code in python and then (laughs) once we get those three six figure jobs we'll really be scamming it's just just like it feels it's not a scam that's just a job how about just selling crack again? Yeah, right. Yeah, something simple. You're good at that. You're really good at selling crack. <laughs> yeah, and smoking it. I mean, yeah, uh, Chris and Matt Bevilacqua were doing pump and dumps, and uh, I like to think that, you know, right after this uh, NASDAQ crash, they got into, like, mortgage uh, mortgage broking. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like they definitely became mortgage brokers after this. They're like, okay, we have a new bubble to exploit. It's the housing bubble. <laughs> yeah. You go out there and you uh, get that refi. That's right. Have you heard of subprime mortgages? <laughs> oh, this is crazy. Uh, other hey, headlines? I'm selling short over here. <laughs> <laughs> so stupid. Other That short you got there is pretty big, Chris. Yeah. Ah, thank you. Yeah. Hate to see something happen. All right, go ahead. I'm sorry, Vince. Hate to see this get restructured. 
Um, yeah. <laughs> Other uh, headlines. Leonardo DiCaprio's interview of President Clinton has set off a war of words between N- ABC News and the White House. Uh, the fuck? Yeah. So huh? Leonardo interviewed Bill Clinton, and I guess uh, people at ABC were pissed because they had their jog- jobs taken by a movie star. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. Little did they know. Yeah. yeah. 20 years later, the governor would be interviewed by his own brother, and we never cared about nepotism ever again. Um, Yeah, we just forgot about it. Top movies. Uh, Aaron Brockovich still on top. Hell yeah. Followed by some new releases, The Road to El Dorado. Nice. uh, And The Skulls, which was... Oh, really? Joshua Jackson. Yeah. 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 Holy shit. Yeah, I love that. that. Skull and Bones. Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, you know, I never saw that movie. Is there, do they, I don't want to speak out of turn, but like, is it about a pedophile ring? Like, I mean, <laughs> we're talking about Skull and Bones here. I mean, who's to they say? They didn't get into the child sex uh, slavery. Oh, that's too bad. Think. That's Sorry. too bad. I feel like a remake yeah. of the Skulls, like today, would be mostly like a Pizzagate story. <laughs> <laughs> you know like just kind of feels like uh skull and crossbones the way we used to look at secret societies you know back in the early 2000s was like oh man you know what happens all these like guys they go to college together they end up, they do a secret society and then they all get good jobs it's like nowadays that's like the tame version of yeah of what we're... yeah it's weird because we all believe in secret societies now we yeah I mean, there are there are so many elaborate uh like worldviews and, and superstructures that people have developed yeah and this movie is just kind of like it's a thriller and at the end uh he he succeeds in escaping the skull and bones oh that's good like, weren't <laughs> yeah. weren't both george w bush and john Kerry in uh skull and bones yeah. so yes, like this were. movie yeah. came yeah. out and then the next two presidential candidates candidates yeah yeah like a meet they were normalizing it they were normalizing it it's all psyops yeah it just it reinforces my strongly held belief that art does nothing (laughs) and the idea that like you're going to kind of like enact some sort of uh you know societal change through your either movie or your fucking tv show or your song or any of that shit just wasn't a good enough movie I mean that's yeah, also it was possibly pretty fucking true. bad. Yeah, yeah. That's if they cast, really you know, if they cast like Leonardo DiCaprio Leo. or someone instead of Josh Jackson, maybe Al Gore yeah. gets elected, yeah. and then you know there is Shit. no John Kerry and uh, Lieberman's yeah. president right now or something. No, that'd be pretty bad too. That would be bad too. <laughs> pretty old. Yeah. Um, oh. Top song was uh, Maria Maria by mm. Carlos Santana, Ooh. featuring the product G and B, who. Ooh, that's a joint. Yeah. That is a, that is a fucking that, joint. That dude. song is hot. That is a hot one. It is uh, <laughs> you know that that Carlos Santana album really yeah. uh, kicked. Well, restarted a Carlos's career. You know. Mm-hmm. It just really. I mean, that song. Uh, what is it? Forget about it. Hey. <laughs> uh, give me a hot, make a real, or else forget about it. It's perfect. <laughs> Are you just? It works. It really was you. It really was a tacky time in American history, wasn't it? Yeah, it really was. That is the the kind of like the temporal uh, contextual backdrop of The Sopranos is living in the tackiest time in American history. Not not necessarily the worst time. In fact, a a pretty good time, but incredibly tacky. What would you say? Uh, I feel like the period of peak tackiness was probably like 98 to like 2002 to three, somewhere around there. 
Yeah, yeah, I think I think that's about right. It was uh it was it was definitely like the new metal era and the boy band era and girl group era. Like that was just like where literally everyone's like choices for whether it was like music or yeah. style or everything was just created by mass media. So like you couldn't even like you you couldn't even really get out of the system of control because if you hated like boy bands, you were like into Limp Biscuit, mm-hmm. which was just another yeah. another version of the same thing. So uh, or you'd, have to, you'd have to make a concerted effort to find anything good. Yeah, it's so hard to find things that were good. Yeah, and th- uh, and now it's like oh, if you want to, you know, listen to every Pavement album ever made, right? You could do that right now. Exactly, yeah. exactly. I enjoy I '90s music from a completely different perspective now, and uh, and, and yeah, so you can enjoy Pavement and be like, why didn't I know about them? Back in the day, yeah. I, I think but, you yeah. can. F- I didn't realize how bad it was until I watched this uh, music video for a Canadian boy band called uh, Before Four, which is like B Four and then Dash Four. You got to look up that video because it, it's like it's mind blowing. It's like three guys with like completely orange hands with uh, very spiky, like very like ice spiker ad kind of hair, uh, wearing like very prominent puka shells, and uh, man. <laughs> It really is. I had some puka shells in my. Oh, night, so did I. We all did it. Yeah, we all, we all did, did it. Yeah. <laughs> but man, that video is uh, something special. It sure is. Um, all right, let's get into this week's episode. Uh, so this episode is called "The Knight in White Satin Armor." Um, uh, can you give us a quick synopsis, Vince? I sure can. Uh, engaged lovebirds, Richie and Janice, have an explosive first quarrel. Meanwhile, Irina takes drastic measures to try to convince Tony to continue their affair. Yes, she sure does. Um, That's so, just really scratching the surface of what happens. It in this really episode. is. You know, this is a busy episode. This it is. My, I think I remembered this. I don't remember all the episodes from when I originally saw them, but sure. I, this one like definitely stands out in my mind as one of the best Sopranos episodes ever. It, it really yep. is, and I actually didn't remember it being the best ep- one of the best episodes ever. Uh, this rewatch like completely blew my mind. I think it's because. At the time I was originally watching this season of The Sopranos, you really want to see the big pussy storyline being wrapped up, right? I can't believe you, you didn't say titties because I feel like every other episode <laughs> you would have said You titties. really want to see some titties. And they don't show Well, you get, you get to see a little bit of Irina's nipples. Yeah, you do. Yeah. You do. And Very I peekaboo God, nipple. God yeah. bless them. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, you, you, uh, I know that I, because at the time that I was watching it, it was uh, a few seasons had already passed. I, I wasn't watching it on TV at the time that it was out. Um, I think I started watching the show around like season five or something like that. Um, but yeah, I knew what was coming when it came to Big Pussy, and I kind of wanted it to get there. So I remember mm-hmm. watching this episode and being like, oh, this was uh, really good, and it has some memorable moments. But I, watching it now, realize how much this episode fucks, and it fucks, I think, better than most Sopranos episodes fuck. Agreed. Like, so it is... I just, I, I love that it's, it feels like a complete meal. Yes. yes. That you get a, a resolution yes. to every subplot in it, yes. And then that final shot of Tony and Carmela on the couch yes. and the distance, and her saying like, "If I have to do all this stuff, I'll I'll commit suicide." Yeah, yeah. Like, 
Man, she ends up being the winner through this entire episode. Yeah. Really though, we it, could. It uh, is... I feel like if we if we jump ahead to Dereal Gangsta, I yeah, think, go ahead. Uh, you know, a good choice for this episode would be Carmela. Yeah, Dereal Gangster. I was also thinking uh, Dereal Gangster is uh, a woman scorned. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Uh, it's to me this episode is uh if I had to like sum it up in one word it's about breakups. So I have some Bada B stories here. So Tony breaks up with Irina. Carm breaks it off with Vic. Big Pussy breaks up with Demafia. Richie tries to get New Jersey to break up with Tony, if you know what I'm saying. And Janice breaks up with Richie. So I I kind of saw this episode as like, like you said, it is a complete meal. It is it is all it's a of movie. the resolutions. Like this, this it's is a movie. Like, yeah, it does feel like a movie. Yeah, it's it's just so brilliantly done, and it is some of the best acting uh, for every character in this episode is like doing the best acting of their career. It is just so perfect. Um, my, I have a, my question. You you're talking about we're talking about big pussy and that storyline. Uh, mm-hmm. Do you think that this episode was like the beginning of us uh, giving us permission to feel okay about him uh, inevitably getting murdered? Yes, absolutely. It's like the the opposite of a save the cat moment in a script. Yes, it's like yeah. what do we have to do to make you want to see this guy die? Yeah, hitting a guy at a seven eleven a seven eleven clerk on a bike with your car and then walking away is one of those things. Yeah, and then also being someone. so clearly uh, making this heel turn and having delusions that he's gonna be in the FBI. Like you're you're kind of tired of him at this point. Like you're seeing that he is completely lost grips with reality, and you're just, just like. They made yeah. him like an obnoxious cop wannabe. And for some reason, like that is always, you always want to see that kind of character fail. Uh, which, yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially like, now. I mean, yeah, kind of like, I mean, even today, there was that failed coup in uh, Venezuela. <laughs> in and Venezuela. All, and all I was doing was scrolling through like this, this like discount mercenaries fucking shitty Instagram. And you're just, uh-huh. I mean, there's something, I, I mean, I shouldn't like wish anything bad on the guy, I guess. Sure, but, like, sure. Uh, but yeah, there's something about like the, you know, the um, fake cops. Op- yeah, fake cops are are uniquely dislikable. I would say. Yeah, there's and especially uh, when it's there's something about the delusion because it's like you can be a cop. You know, that's like a job that it's not impossible to get. But the idea of like. I mean, with Big Pussy specifically, it's it's annoying that he um, is kind of uh, like he's fooling himself, but he's also there's something even more annoying about the fact that he has so suddenly decided fuck everyone. He has no moral compass anymore. Yeah, like, the reason why we like what we tolerate or, or are interested in Tony Soprano mm-hmm. is because he has the same code that every right. gangster character in every movie and TV show and, and book has ever had. Yeah. And we find that noble. And then big pussy has the audacity to say, you know what? My entire life has been a waste. Right. Uh, I I'm going down. Mm-hmm. I don't feel comfortable in this family anymore. Yeah. So I'm going to go find a new family yeah. and I'm going to suck up to these people and I'm completely delusional and I have no, no values. I have no core. Yeah. I have no center. I am just, just looking for the next ship uh, 
to be the barnacle on. Yeah, or the exactly. Next, yeah. Well, I think yeah, that's what makes needs, it. Yeah. That's what makes it believable. Is like his entire life is based on you know like being loyal to some crew, and now he's just sort of like pledging yep. a new crew. He's like, okay, well, yeah, yeah. I don't like this crew anymore, so I'm going to try and uh, be a cop now. Yeah, it's just like his identity uh, is so wrapped up in whatever particular group of men that he is aligning himself with that like he so easily goes from like being a you know a wise guy uh to you know being like okay we have tactically ascertained the data that we need in order to you know it's just like (laughs) you see too many tv shows you've seen too many tv shows exactly i think that there's unfortunately a lot of people like like him in the world who yeah don't know how to be individuals yeah we know how to be cogs in a machine yeah and that's influenced and, and infiltrated politics to a degree mm-hmm. that is really scary is these people who are just i'm a good soldier that's what i do i'm yeah. supposed to go to go to work and, and follow orders and it doesn't matter if i'm a democrat or i'm a republican i'm yeah follow orders yeah it's, and it's just like it, it's, i find it repulsive yeah yeah it is it's pretty gross and and it's also the they do such a good job of like showing um the delusion to uh the fact that he thinks that uh like skip and all of the people at the fbi are like they they have some sort of code like a better code uh and and it's all you know com- completely comes crashing down in this moment where skip and uh his fbi boss are in an office and uh there is a gift bag from tony soprano <laughs> And he, uh, you know, he's basically Skip is telling him like, oh, man, you know, something's going on uh, with uh, Big Pussy. You know, Bob Pincero is uh, he's losing it. He thinks he's going to be in the FBI. And then the guy's like, hey, remember, the important thing is uh, that you might be getting too close to this guy. And then he goes and he eats the food that Tony (laughs) Soprano has just sent him. And it's like there's little moments like this where, I mean, as someone who knows like a lot about art. I gotta say, this episode's got a, <laughs> it's got a lot of good art. Like, there's uh-huh. there's a lot of art in it, and that's and like there's there's that moment. There's also um just uh, there's well, I mean, a it scene. opens very artily. Yeah. Like it opens with it two it opens people with ballroom art. dancing through uh, the empty house, which I couldn't. F- yeah, like I didn't. I you know when Tony and Carmela opened the door to that house. I kind of thought the like dancers were just, you know, like some sort of artsy uh, yes. dream sequence type thing. And then it's like, oh, no, that's Richie's son. And they're actually in the room dancing. Yeah, so th- the the episode actually um, begins with introducing a couple of, of uh, great son characters. So it introduces uh, Richie's gay son, Ricky. Or Richie Jr. Not really sure. Rick. That apparently is uh, there's some conflict. Little little Ricky. Little Ricky when he was a kid. Richie now that he's a adult. I don't know. So introduces Richie's gay son. It also introduces Jackie Jr. Um, two characters who were uh, well. I guess Jackie you're going to get to know a lot more about in season three. He is um, Richie Aprile's nephew. He's the son of uh, what, what, what was it? Jackie. He was the son of Jackie Aprile, the former head of the New Jersey um, family. Uh, Who's Jackie and... Junior's father again? I can't remember. Oh, that's right. <laughs> I am not a smart man. I just know about art, Vince. Yeah. Um. It also uh, introduces a few other characters uh, that we're going to know a little bit more about. Ali Boy Barisi and Sve- uh, Svetlana Kirilenko. Svetlana, one of the great 
uh, TV characters of all time, in my opinion. Un- unbelievably great character. Svetlana uh, is just introduced, and just in her short amount of screen time, she steals every scene that she's in. So she is a one-legged Russian who I think is, what is it? She's related to Irina as, what, cousins or something? Um the, or or they could just be friends. I thought they were related in some way. I can't, I don't remember what they what they said exactly about how they were related. Yeah, so Svetlana has one leg and she is the queen of like passively discussing tragedy. Like she <laughs> she has a way of talking about tragic things in this very Russian way. She has a great line where she's explaining to Tony um, the troubles uh, with Irina's past, where she goes, her parents were alcoholics, horrible industrial city. Father died at 55 years old, lung cancer, cirrhosis of the liver. Probably was a good thing. <laughs> just like, <laughs> just the the just the way that she speaks about. Uh, these horrible tragic things and the way that she's able to kind of like uh, overcome them uh y- you know you later in subsequent seasons you get to see tony's admiration for this character but it was it was beautiful meeting her um and the reason that we meet her is because tony breaks up with irena which is uh, a big plot point, uh, a big B story in this in this episode. Svetlana is her cousin, by the way. I just had to check. Yeah, yeah. So Svetlana is her cousin. So Irina gets uh, first. She gets subtitled, and then she gets dumped, <laughs> which I think is a double whammy. Because I don't know about you guys, but I feel like I understood Irina just fine. Yeah. I mean, and there were some moments where it gets a little garbled. She's got a, but I feel yeah. like way about the by the Jersey accent, where I I turned on my subtitles just so I made sure that I caught every detail of all of the nonsense people are saying that's a good point i have subtitles on all the time when i'm watching anything yeah i, I just, do too uh, but i feel like that's a modern sound uh mixing thing because like when yes. i watch the sopranos it's one of the few shows where i actually don't need the subtitles on but uh oh that's interesting yeah i, I have it on because there's things that you know you never know what you're not catching sometimes you yeah. like i recently watched um star wars episode one the phantom menace and it really helps to have subtitles uh especially during like the jar jar bink scenes because he's actually saying a lot more like deep shit than yeah. than you would know like it, there's a lot of subtext there's art in that there's mm-hmm. art in in jar jar um yeah but yeah jar jar <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, so um, Irina uh, gets uh, broken up with by uh, by Tony and then attempts suicide. And uh, Tony feels bad for her and tries to get her some therapy. Uh, Vince, I, I have a clip. It's yep, called yep. Uh, A Quart of Vodka. It. I need you to give me the number of a good shrink for a girl I was seeing. Was? Yeah, I broke up with her and she tried to kill herself. This was no small cut. And- 20 halcyon and a quarter vodka. Give me the drive. <laughs> yeah. You guys remember from Eminem? Oh, uh, yeah. I heard that song a couple times. He's the yeah. famous rap guy. He's the famous, yeah. yeah. That's an awful hot things. coffee pot. Should I drop it on Irina? Probably not. <laughs> I'll stop. <laughs> um, it, it, this is a very Russian heavy uh, episode. Uh, I don't know if you guys noticed uh, that there's multiple scenes where Irina's Russian heritage just in general causes her trouble. Um, and uh, I have some uh, some clips that uh, show uh, 
kind of like Russia's mark on this episode. She should have been seen by the psychiatrist in the hospital. He was a Romanian and they have some beef that goes back centuries and she wouldn't talk to him. Her prosthetic leg fell off in the Gap store and her bill picks her up and carries her. Her parents, both of them were alcoholics in Petrozavodsk, horrible industrial city. I know what is. I am not going to no shrink. Psychiatrist is very scary thing for Russian. Means being sent to Gulag, political rehabilitation. The father died, 55 years old. Long cancer, cirrhosis of the liver. Probably was good thing anyway. Who's calling, please? What are you, that Polish maid? I want to talk to Tony. Hello. I miss you. She's so hot. You know, this is yeah. Well, I find her grotesque. So I watched this. I I watched The Sopranos. Contemporary to when it came out. Okay. So I when this episode dropped on April second, two thousand, I was watching this with my family. Wow. Watch this as 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 a group. Yeah, that's hard. Sit down in the living room and watch The Sopranos. And after it was over, we would talk about it because my 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 parents were both sort of like, hmm, let's let's consider the <laughs> meanings and subtext of this. Episode. Also, you guys were do- you guys were doing rewatch podcasting before that was even possible. Yeah. That's why I'm such a douchebag now. Um, <laughs> I think I know everything. Mm-hmm. But my parents, my mom especially, was like, oh, I, Irina is the worst. Why doesn't Tony just kill her? I was like, no. <laughs> well, then she won't be a problem anymore. <laughs> I mean, she is, she's unlikable because she's so needy. My mother mm. was expressing something about how how much she despises women who need men who who that, she sees as uh, parasites sure I, I, I guess i kind of feel that way now too it's like i just hate her i just can't stand yeah anything about her i mean i yeah i think in general i i have a little bit more sympathy for her because of her story of you sure. know uh you know the, you know they met at the bing right you know she was a stripper and like you know, she's being led on by this fucking, you know, dangerous mafioso and she's got no direction in life. I don't know. There's something about also like she got she like I like her titties and like <laughs> I like her face is pretty. She got that kind of like pretty Russian face. I don't know, dude. She's just hot to me. They really am uh, I am I crazy? A little bit, yeah. Yeah. Nah. I mean, they really uh, they really went for all the Russian stereotypes in this one, which I appreciate. They did. I mean, this was also, if as we remember from uh, re- previous uh, installments of Remember This, this was like right before Putin got actually got elected. So, you know, yeah. that's all that's yeah. all backdrop for people who are like, yeah, Putin's fucked up. But remember before Putin, you know, people's uncles were dying of cirrhosis of the liver. Their legs were falling <laughs> off in the Gap store. All the bad stuff yeah. was going on. Yeah, I love the leg. I love the her leg fall off in Gap store. That's like <laughs> <laughs> her That's leg fall off in the, the Gap worst store. possible place to lose your leg is the Gap. Yeah, yeah. And like the most yeah. romantic <laughs> thing that she can imagine is like your leg falls off in the Gap and someone carries you out of there like a fucking princess. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that's the thing. They're not exactly dreaming big over here. Like, <laughs> like no, she's she wants her her knight to wear white satin. Like it's uh, it is it, it is. Well, that's, that's I mean just, that's a beautiful play on words. 
sure, you know, sure. Knights. I mean, knight in white shining armor, armor. Knights in white satin. I they, like that's this is my first episode title where I don't think I could come up with a better title than the one that they already used. And and I think it is the first. Um, it's also the first episode title that also is the episode's um malapropism corner yes exactly. it's the only one i could find in terms of malapropisms was knight in white satin armor um but yeah i mean i i really appreciate the detail uh that they go into with like irena's problems she can't fucking she she couldn't see the the psychiatrist in the hospital because he was romanian and there's beef there <laughs> she hates the uh polish maid because she's polish and and irena's russian it's like and their entire conversation is so fucking funny it's just like oh are you the russian whore (laughs) you're not the first one you know and then she's (laughs) like put him on the phone right now you bearded polish hag (laughs) (laughs) that polish maid is a she's got a real bad attitude i don't know why they keep her around what who hurt her I don't know. Um, yeah, I'm not she's sure. She's probably nice to the kids. Yeah, you know, yeah. and she puts up with a lot. I mean, she sure. she, pu- yeah. she puts up with this. She's got to keep quiet, you know. Yeah, and I'm sure you can't get rid of somebody you trust. I- I'm positive they're underpaying her for the. Amount I think of work I, she I just want to see her muttering. I was engineer in Poland. Yeah, yeah. I mean, her husband was an engineer. That's right. And now yeah, that's right. He he, he fixes water heaters. Um, <laughs> which we'll get into in next. Uh, in the next episode, I believe. Um, but yeah, so in general, I, I, w- I was just in love with the entire arc of Irina because of the fact that she's like, you know, she tries to commit suicide. She won't s- seek therapy. And Tony, in order to be the good guy that he thinks he is, um, just pays her $75,000. Just straight <laughs> up pays her off. And uh, and I there's a moment where she says, $75,000 after after uh Sill brings it over where I'm not sure if she thinks that's a lot or a little. I assume she thinks uh, yeah, it's a lot. I, I don't know either. Yeah, I got just, the, yeah, it was, it was it was ambiguous. I got the feeling she thought it wasn't enough like, oh, that's all I'm worth yep. to you. Yeah, I wasn't sure though because I, I at this I mean, again, I think she thinks it's a lot because this is also a woman who um, you know, believes that if your leg falls off, if someone carries you, that's like the height of romance. <laughs> yeah. But again, it, there are moments you can't tell. Another one was um, she's talking about a limo driver that she met um, who saw who like brought in Karl Lagerfeld. And uh, and Tony says something like, uh, do you want to you know, are you going to something going to happen with him and you? And she, she says something along the lines of like. He's a fucking limo driver, but I wasn't sure she meant yeah. it as a bad thing. I think she meant it as like he drives limo. He is a big no, powerful man. I thought she man. meant like oh he's not like he's a he's, he's a, a loser. Yeah, he's a driver. I'm not gonna date that guy. Yeah, yeah. I guess possibly. I, yeah, that's probably true. But it, I'm pretty sure that the character is meant to be not necessarily a quote unquote gold digger. Sure. Uh, in the traditional sense, but at least someone who has aspirations to wealth. Yeah. And I think that she saw Tony was the opportunity to go legit. Yeah. Like maybe I can force him to leave his wife and stay with me. Mm. And there's a status uh, of being a guma. Yeah. There's a, there's financial rewards. 
there's clearly sexual rewards. Mm. She likes having sex with the man. Yeah. I I can't get that the image of the the <laughs> first scene of them together where they're just mm. he's just finishing. Yeah. He's just orgasming in her really hard. Yep. Just like a little her like neck, a me. Knot. just like a little pug nuzzling your neck and wheezing. Yeah, just like <laughs> ugh, ugh, just like not even full pumps, just kind of like <laughs> yeah. He's yeah. just kind of like squirming on her. Yeah. 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 Uh and yeah, I think she had the limo driver was a loser. Yeah, yeah. They couldn't do anything for her, and seventy five thousand dollars simply wasn't enough. So my, yeah, because that's what's middle class people make in a year. Yeah. yeah. So my question: Hey, Vince. Hey, Matt. As you know, Vince, I love old internet memes. Remember the early internet's obsession with Chuck Norris jokes? I do remember that. Here's one: When Chuck Norris went to college, he told his father, "Now you're the man of the house." <laughs> why why do you bring this up well i was thinking about those old memes and i started thinking i wonder what chuck norris is doing right now what has he been up to you know i actually know the answer to that matt yeah i recently saw a health video he made and i was surprised he's in his 80s and he still seems to have energy and health you know i saw the very same video vince and in it he says he's even stronger has more stamina and plenty of energy left over for his grandkids since making one simple health change that helps his digestion and nutrition that's almost too powerful to contemplate but yes. uh, it's true he says he still feels like he's in his 50s uh his wife made the same change and she's never felt better she says she feels 10 years younger and has energy all day. Uh, I am way younger than them, and I have energy for about two hours a day. Uh, and the problem is, you know, that many of us do not include fruits and vegetables and other herbs that increase health and energy in our own diets. Chuck Norris made a special video that explains how he incorporated these things with one simple product. I love special videos, and you can watch it too by going to mymorningkick.com slash podyourself, and it may change your approach to your own health. Once again, that's M-Y-M-O-R-N-I-N-G-K-I-C-K.com slash podyourself, mymorningkick.com slash podyourself. Go there now and watch this very special Chuck Norris video. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. 
Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Not quite My question is, is... Is Irina young Russian Livia or is Svetlana young Russian Livia? Because they both have mm. their Livia-esque qualities in, to me. Sure. I, I would say Irina more than um, than Svetlana because Irina is much more manipulative, whereas Svetlana seems to be kind of like she really is sort of a bootstraps type lady where Livia <laughs> was also a parasite. Like Livia was you know, uh, clearly benefiting from everything that Tony's father was doing yeah. and whatnot. I, I, see, I see her as like parasitic, um, both like in terms of money, but also emotionally parasitic. I mean, definitely Irina and Livia share some qualities together, but I wouldn't go so far as to call Irina, uh, um, you know, a carbon copy of Livia. Livia um, has... I mean, they're both hot. They are both, yeah, they're both hella fuckable. Um, but, but Livia has one uh, particular carbon copy uh, in this show uh, as of this point, and I think it's Janice. Sure. I think yeah. Janice is, is Livia. Um, and in terms of Janice's storyline, you can't talk about uh, Janice's storyline without getting into Richie. And, like, you know, Janice is just excited about the wedding, right? So she's, like, she's they're having this, like, pre-wedding party i don't know what you got was that an engagement party what was that yeah 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 so it was something like that it was an, an engagement party there's a lot of love going on and you know carm carm feels a little bit sad because she feels like while she's watching someone who has actually you know found their soulmate you know she herself is like <laughs> imagine being sad because looking at like janice and richie april <laughs> and being like oh i wish i had that you know, it just shows you how demented these people are. Yeah, yeah. she sees that as some sort of romantic gesture, I, when it's just Janice trying desperately to have some purpose in her life. Yes, and Richie just wants to marry into the Soprano. Family. Exactly, and and it's you know, I and mean, this was Richie's entire plan. You know, like Richie from from day one of this episode of of the season. You know, he is like entering Janice's yoga class and like doing downward facing dog and just staring at her with her with his fucked up Manson lamps. And just like like he knew this was the plan the entire time. And I, you know, again, Shireen, um, her her theory of Richie is that Richie is secretly gay and in the closet. And, And it fits in with kind of like the calculated nature of like dating janice soprano yeah you know like the 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 fact is is he's seeing his plan to fruition at this point he's right about to marry into tony's family and and basically become untouchable he's either closeted Um, or he has like a medieval lord's uh conception of marriage yeah i mean yeah he's so he's so cartoonishly evil in this in this episode yeah janice tells carmela like no Guma is going to let uh, Jackie hold a gun to their head or Jackie Richie hold a gun to their head yeah. when having sex. Yeah. It- and like that's, you know, there's something really depraved about that. <laughs> there's something. Well, we I had, can't put we my had the argument on it. Uh, a couple episodes ago when they actually showed it. Like, or I actually thought that that was uh, that that was Janice's kink, but I guess in the, in this one, 
Matt was proved right and that it actually yeah, was Richie's you. kink and not hers. Yeah, and I think that I think there's probably a little bit of 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 it for Janice. Sure, that she likes. Yeah, yeah, because she just likes attention. Yeah, yes. and also like you know, uh, and she likes the... she's a parody of open minded. So she's like, oh yes. yeah, sure. She absolutely is a parody of open minded. Like she is, she would love Joe Rogan's podcast. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, like Janice Soprano is a huge Joe Rogan fan. Um, but I love what she says. It's fetishistic. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah right. She's throwing that word around really hard. Yeah. 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 She's so p- proud of herself for being so open-minded. Yeah. And, and like Carm even says, like, I thought you were a feminist. And so there is part of me that goes like, yeah, but that only makes it more hot to get fucked with a gun to your head. Um, I also like that Janice goes, sometimes it's not loaded. Yeah, that yeah. also made me laugh. Yeah, that's a great line. Yeah. She, she is just so happy to, one, be financially taken care yeah. of. Yeah. Two, to be back in the family. Yes. And back in the good graces of everyone. Absolutely. And three, to stick it to her mom. Yeah. And say, look at me. I'm, I'm marrying, you know, this big, powerful <laughs> Yeah. Mob guy. Yeah. Isn't this exciting? My I have this big house. Mm-hmm. It's bigger than Tony's. It's gonna be nicer than Tony's. Yeah. It's just she's such a loathsome character, but also you do feel bad for her. I feel yeah. terrible. Oh, Livia coming through the fucking intercom. First of all, that's peak Livia is just like being able to be involved in the conversation <laughs> and just like coming through like a squawky drive through voice, like, What are you saying? I can't hear yeah. you down there. Uh, yeah, yeah. How do I open this Advil bottle? Just, <laughs> no, never mind. Like, yeah, it, it is uh, the fact that they have to give her two Nebutol just to have one night without her is like fucking Jesus Christ. What a what a nightmare. But can we talk about the uh, the scene with Alley Boy Breezy? Because this this scene was like you love it. To me, it was yes. odd. Like I didn't quite get it. Like the mm-hmm. rep- him repeating things that uh, Richie was saying, I didn't entirely understand it. Yeah, so this is a scene where basically um, Richie is, you know, telling has had just told Junior we got to get rid of Tony. You know, to get we got to get rid of him. Troops to see who's down for this coup and see who's down to do it. Yeah, and so he goes to Ali Boy Barisi, whose brother Larry Boy, who we will meet later in later seasons, is currently uh, serving time. I didn't need that shit that happened the other day. You don't need that shit that happened the other day. You talked to the king of Dermabrasion about what went down. I'm talking to him, and he's looking at his reflection in the plexiglass. <laughs> imagine getting a facelift one week later you're in jail. Can you imagine that? You get a facelift one week later you're in jail? Anyway, uh, I had the feeling you didn't like what you were hearing. What's Larry gonna do? The fucking guy's a guest of the government. Yeah, well, some people are stuffing themselves. Some people are out there stuffing themselves. Only Larry's got a trial coming up. He's in no position to go into the unknown, not known. How about you, Albert? You weigh in any time. I'm with him. All things being equal? No. Make a move against Tony Soprano. No way. I don't know what to tell you. Let me tell you why I love that scene. That scene is what I would call um, doing art. So (laughs) it is like... definitely doing art. They're doing art. Um, first of all, the performances in the scene are really good. Uh, Ali Boy's character, uh, you know, makes some appearances uh, in The Sopranos uh, later on. Um, but there's something supernatural, not s- supernatural, but very natural <laughs> about his performance as Ali Boy. Just like even the like kind of cartoonish repeating what the other guy just said thing 
it comes off as real. It doesn't come off as like uh, corny to me at all. It just felt very well acted. And uh, what I love about that scene is that it just shows Richie's ineptitude at getting um, people on board, including very stupid people like Ali Boy Barisi. Like Ali is an idiot, right? He's like your dumb Guido meathead who should be very easy to convince uh, because he's a dumb Guido meathead. And he is literally just repeating back to Richie everything that he's saying. And then finally, when Richie gets to the point where like, what do you think? Should Do you want to kill Tony? He goes, no, kill, you know, whack Tony Soprano. I don't want to do it. And then he, his last words of the scene are, I don't know what to tell you. What he's been telling him the entire time is exactly what he's just said. Everything he t- he's telling Richie everything he wants to hear up until that point. You know, he's like kind of agreeing with them, and then but Richie can't sell it. So there's something about it that's like maybe maybe I'm being too literal, but he's it's it's there's something that I think is like brilliant about the way that Alley Boy is able to go from like this guy who's got probably no mind of his own to someone who's like, let me think on this. No, just, just a no. I don't know. (laughs) See if I buy that scene, I don't, I don't get meathead. I don't get meathead moron from it. Like if I buy that scene as written, like the way he's repeating everything, I get the fact that he is playing stupid, you know, and almost, almost to the point where he's like sending a message where he's like, I'm, I'm not going to say anything at all. That's going to get me in trouble to the point that of course, I'm not going to go along with your plan. I'm way too smart for you to try and try and trick me into like, you're not going to get, you're not going to trick me into going along with something like that was, it seemed like it was all calculated. Otherwise, why would he make it so obvious that he was just like literally repeating the things back to him? Like, yeah, I definitely don't think he's dumb. I think that you're right, Vince, that there's there's a, a calculation behind all of the re- repetition and that Richie is just really bad at reading people <laughs> yeah. and manipulating <laughs> yeah. people, which is unfortunately for, for Richie, uh, one of the necessities of being a mob boss and I, is manipulation and intimidation and, and, and coercion. I mean, I thought that yeah, it felt like, like up until this point, he was able to be pretty good at manipulating people, pretty good at intimidating people. But there was, but this scene with Ali, it was just like, it, it all went out the window. He couldn't read what he was doing. You're right. He could be just uh, repeating what he's saying in order to not say anything to incriminate himself. And and maybe he's being careful. But you see these moments when, when uh, you know, Alley Boy is repeating the exact same thing that Richie said, where Richie will take like a pause and kind of look at him and try to analyze like, yeah, what the well, fuck is nothing, he doing? He's getting nothing from this guy. And I'm I getting think, nothing from I him. I think Richie's character is that he has no finesse, and that's kind of been his character like all along, which is sure. that he understands like the punitive parts of being a mobster, where you know you right. fucking shake down Beansy and you run him over. If it, mm-hmm. you know it, his his conception of being a mob boss is basically uh, do whatever you want and fuck fuck them if they don't like it and that's like his entire yeah and so his like entire conflict with tony is like you know tony's like no don't sell coke on the garbage routes because you're missing the big picture like you're gonna make a little money here mm-hmm. and then you're gonna lose and then you're gonna screw it all up but like richie's entire thing is that he can, he's incapable of 
you know, like, of not he, doing he stupid of, violent shit. He rea- reacts out of vengeance and like more. And that's why he ends up getting yes, killed. Exactly. Yeah. It's because he takes that same mentality. Yeah. That he brings to his job into his marriage. Mm-hmm. And so he can't just leave well enough alone mm-hmm. with Janice uh, and just go along with how annoying she is. Yeah, right. So that he can get what he wants down the road, which is to usurp Tony. Yeah. Uh, he has to punch her in the face. Yeah, yeah, he, sh- Which, he sure you know, does. Besides our moral uh, objection to him punching her in the face, it's also just not very smart. Yeah, from a, oh, from no. a, a deviousness perspective. But that was right. like a, it was a very funny scene, though. I mean, that was like a really like it was a brilliant scene. He like he shoot he. He punches her, which was like shocking, and then she comes back with a gun, which like doubled. Which the her shooting him is like it's kind of like a Hollywood twist in a way. Like it doesn't feel it's not it, it's a bigger it's like a bigger leap uh, than you usually see in, in the Sopranos. But then they totally sure. made it work, you know. Like yeah, it seems to make sense for her character. Yeah, and that she's more powerful than she understands yes and as the series goes on she kind of figures it out a little bit yeah but at the in this first you know in season two she's just like what am i doing who am i right. you know this kind of thing and then he punching her uh is like the threat that kind of knocks her out of like whatever illusions that she's yeah had about what whatever yeah whatever stupor that she's been in this whole time thinking that um this relationship is going to be the thing that gets her power she is she's completely knocked out of that stupor when she gets punched and is just like and she's acting on impulse and rage for sure but yeah. she also uh knows that she can do this and mm-hmm. they're because she's a soprano she's a soprano and there won't be consequences she's livia's you know? daughter and then i mean and, and he 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 punched her not like over some sort of strategic disagreement, which you'd think they would have because she's constantly like goading him uh, to, oh, yeah. do, to do things differently. And a lot of the things that he's doing with Tony are like kind of orchestrated by her. But like when he actually like lashes out at her, it's, uh, it, you know, it's just her implying that his son is gay and he gets pissed. And then. Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. By the way, can we talk about that son's haircut? Holy shit. That was uh, yeah. that was a, that was a fucking very 90s yeah that was very 90s in fact i think it's time for you to play the bumper for our next segment called it's the 90s it's the 90s parents are supposed to discuss sex with their children it's the 90s it's the 90s 90s hell yeah um so yeah definitely uh richie's son uh ricky has it's rick man he, he hasn't been called little ricky since he was 12 years old Sure, sure, sure. <laughs> so Rick uh is got a very 90s I would say he's he he strikes me as a 90s gay where it's like he is got the haircut and the dancing and whatnot. It just felt like uh and now I don't know, maybe I'm speaking out of turn here, but uh obviously Ricky Martin hadn't come out yet. Uh <laughs> But Ricky Martin, as a you know superstar of the time, he was definitely you know he was a big deal. People, I think, had suspected he was gay, and there was part of me that was going like, they've modeled Rick or Ricky after um, uh, Ricky Martin a little bit. So I don't know. Part of me was like, is there a Ricky Martin tie-in with Ricky? I don't know. What do you guys think? 
I think any anybody who professes any interest in the arts within the <laughs> world of the New Jersey mafia is going to be called gay. Yeah, that's a good point. I, to that's me, a good point. I saw like I saw Frankie Valley, and maybe it's just because you know I'm still hearing your your bumper calling me WAP. Uh, but like I saw <laughs> I saw Frankie Valley in that character. Like what you know, like what if. What if we made like the literal, uh, like the embodiment of what Frankie Valley's like voice sounds like? That's kind of mm-hmm. what I imagine Rick would be. Sure, sure. Um, the other '90s things, uh, and there was just one other one uh, in particular that I loved was uh, Big Pussy is trying to get some dirt uh, on a wire um, for the FBI because he thinks he's an FBI agent now, and so he goes to see what Chris Moltisanti is doing uh, at his investment firm. And uh, Chris tells him about a Pokemon card heist that he's <laughs> yeah. about to go on. Pokeman. Pokeman. <laughs> we got those Pokemon. Pokemon cards. And it's just like, oh, that is, uh, that is a 90s mafia yeah. heist if there ever Made was Made a killing one. on those beanie babies on the other truck. So this one, I got <laughs> yeah, high hopes for this one. <laughs> Still got a truck, truck of pogs I can't get rid of, but... <laughs> Yeah, but Pokemon is still popular. Yeah, I know. So jokes on jokes on us, man. Jokes on us. Uh, turns out Pokemon will never die. Um, so yeah, uh, back to uh, Richie. Um, yeah, Richie ends up punching Janice in the mouth, and all of the work that he's done up until this point, all of the the time that he's put into like, I mean, just just the having sex with Janice alone, you know. <laughs> The time that he's put in to get to where he is after, you know, doing 10 years in the can only to have it all come crashing down. It's just like it, it made me kind of sad because it's like I, I don't like Richie April, but it is one of those things where I respect the I, I respect the hustle, you know. Yeah, he's a, game recognized. Game, game recognized. Right? He's a game. Great character. I wish he hadn't brought up the fucking jacket again. The him oh, bringing up yeah, the fucking jacket yet again keeps... did make me slightly happy to see him go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If, for that reason alone, I was like, all right, kill his ass. But like, <laughs> yeah. other than other than him bringing up the stupid fucking jacket, I was I was sad to see him go. And of course, uh, I have a, a clip of uh, Richie's final scene. My fucking dinner on the table, and keep your mouth shut. Are you shut up? But just because he's a ballroom dancer, you think your son is gay? And what if he was gay? What difference does it make? Oh. Who you looking at? You gonna cry now? Fuck out of here. I'm in no mood for your son. Because it's from okay, yeah, yeah. it's from it's from, it's, it's from a, Kill Bill, yeah, but it's yeah. also from La Bamba. Uh-huh. Oh yeah, and I, I mix them together. I put them in my computer. That, that's good. <laughs> I, I mean, I love Sleepwalk from La Bamba, so I respect that one. So okay, so I put in my computer actual audio of the of the show, and then I say, what what have I put from Kill Bill? Uh, so I put the Kill Bill. The wee ooh. And then, and then I put the, and then I I put the Richie from La Bamba. So yes. anyways, someday we'll have like a making of, you know, the sound effects. 
Yeah, it's scenes. a Ken Burns documentary about how you made the fucking drop. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Just All the drops in. are gold. <laughs> Just to zoom in on a picture of Matt at his coffee table <laughs> wearing a gray tank top. All... Trying not to jack off. Yeah, dude. Just like... I know I want to jack off, I'm... but I can't. Man, I'm busy. I'm going to jack off as soon as this La Bamba joke hits. Um <laughs> So that is the end of Richie, um, and very sad. Of course, uh, Tony then calls, uh, or uh, Janison calls Tony, and uh, you know immediately has her come over. And you know Tony at this point he has already pulled the trigger on getting uh, getting Richie whacked. Um, you know because uh, Junior realizes that Richie couldn't sell the hit, so says, "Okay, I gotta fucking, I gotta warn Tony now because I'm better off with him." Um, and, and yeah, then, you know, Tony comes over and just cleans up the mess and, uh, the smile on his face, when oh, he, like so you can wonderful. see him in the background and he just goes like, Oh, he, he yeah. covers, <laughs> he's so he best day ever mouth. for him. Yeah. Because like, you know, he, he was going to do it. And, and, you know, I was kind of, I was a little surprised at like, uh, how quickly he pulls the trigger on it. And, you know, cause he's been, he's been thinking about it for a while, uh, but like he's felt stuck. But then as soon as like Richie made a move against him, he just is like, all right, Syl, what do you think? And Syl's like, yeah, you know what? I don't think it'd be a problem. And he pulls the trigger on it. And the fact that he is not responsible for it makes him so happy. And you see it in his face. Yeah. Otherwise he has to kill his sister's husband. Yeah, no, it's it's a bummer, and and, it, and it's very nice how it all works out. Imagine um, having to kill your sister's husband like on the eve of her wedding day. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and you knowing your sister already hates you. Yeah, 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 and knowing your sister, you know, is is going to. I mean, his sister's a loose cannon at this point. Like he doesn't know what she's gonna do. Um, yeah, and she and seemed like she was angling to have him killed. Really, yeah, not that he knows that, but. He, yeah, I mean, you know, yeah, Ju- that was that was the, that was her plan. Yeah, Junior, yeah, I, Ju- I Junior like. warns him too, like you know, I'd be interested to see what my little niece had to do with all this. You know, like he he knows, you know, ever since ever since Janice stole some money from his wallet when he was when she was a child, <laughs> yeah. like he's known that she was no good. But uh, yeah, so Tony catches a lucky break. Um, and, you know, gets rid of the, the body for Janice. And then there's this scene where I, I, you know, obviously this podcast is a lot of laughs. There's a lot of good times, a lot of great jokes, but the scene where Livia and Tony finally talk to each other got me right in the fucking feels. Did you guys? Uh, I mean, I thought it was also hilarious though. Oh, it was very funny. It was hilarious. Nancy Marchand is funny the entire series, but when she turns and becomes malevolent, yeah, it's it's really terrifying. It's terrifying, but it's also like it's she she has an effect on me. Maybe it's I don't know. Maybe it's my own personal issues with it where I'm very easily I'm easy to manipulate. If you're, let's say, a mother or a girlfriend mm-hmm. or just a friend, like you can manipulate me very easily. So I found myself being pretty uh, manipulated during her entire uh, exchange with Tony. And I have it. It's a long clip, but I, I really like it if you if you want to play it. But she didn't come home last night. She's worried about it. Oh, sure. Probably jilted her. That's the story <laughs> of her life. What kind of a fucking chance did she have with you as her mother? You're always nagging her about her weight. 
She goes out on a date, she comes home, you call her a fucking tramp. I'm on the way out in the car. I never said anything of the kind. I heard you. You make things up. You tell me. Now, you tell me when I ever did anything to any of you. You don't know, do you? You don't have a fucking clue. I wasn't always perfect, but I always tried to do the best I could. And I know you didn't. Any of you didn't like it when I tried to tell you what to do. Babies are like animals. They're no different than dogs. Somebody has to teach them right from wrong. But I was your mother. I, who else was gonna do it? If you ask me, I did a pretty damn good job. That palace you live in, up there on that hill. Uh, I gave my life to my children on a silver platter. I suppose now you're not going to kiss me. What? You are cruel. That's what you are. Oh, fuck this. Oh, no. No. Oh. I just thought that that scene was some of the best acting. That I mean, I've seen writing on the show. writing Tony falling down and dropping his gun as he leaves the house is just like a stroke <laughs> of pure genius because they have that whole oh, big sure. dramatic moment, and then you know you still leaven it with that 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 just completely unexpected moment of him falling and dropping his gun. That was so perfect. And her laughing and her laughing like, immediately. Just so much pleasure in his misery. It's just like <laughs> yeah. just the most hateful thing. Yeah, I mean, she is manipulative and hateful and all of the things, but she like there's something about that scene with that character where I also feel like she is suffering and she is she's a victim of her own Michigas. Like she is fucked up. She can't help that she is as cruel as she, you know pretends tony is um you know she can't she it's almost like she can't help but laugh at the fact that her son has fallen and hurting himself it's like <laughs> well right after he gave it to her i mean it was right after he gave it to her but it was also like it was just you immediately after you know he gets up picks himself back up and goes into the car it's a shot again of her as she closes closes the door and she's crying again and so it's like it is hard to tell with Livia whether or not like you know that she is manipulative you know that she is um you know a pretty rotten person but you do see a lot of the human side in her and in that scene particularly I just felt so I felt terrible for her, even though I know I shouldn't. You and know what, what I mean? What do you make of the? Uh, what do you make of the? Now you're not even gonna kiss me. Line? That was, like that I, was the line that I like. I it was so. I don't odd. know. It was odd, and it was you know, and obviously Tony was thrown off by it. I'm not sure, other than trying to frame him as cruel by asking right. him to do something or saying you're not going to do something that he's never done there's something that he just doesn't do i i'm not sure it, it was it's hard to tell with her how much of you know her emotional state is just like her being old and kind of losing her mind 
I, I don't know. It's 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 ambiguous to me. All I know is that I found myself almost crying at that scene. And I was like, <laughs> she is one of uh, she's such a treasure. She's such yeah. a fucking good actress. I love her so much. Such a great mom. A great mom, <laughs> dude. We'd all be lucky to have a mom like that. A, a mom who cares so much about us that you know and cares so much about the family that she's willing to murder you just to save the family that's <laughs> that's a good mom dude that's a noble that's a noble, noble mom you know she puts family over everything even her family on individual family members platter. on a silver platter um and uh finally there is uh the the Janice goodbye scene, which was just another brilliantly written, brilliantly acted scene that I, I have a clip of. I'm not gonna forget this, Tony. I owe you. God, do I owe you. <laughs> all in all, though, I'd say it was a pretty good visit. <laughs> What's wrong with our family, Tony? I go to a shrink. She says that our mother is a Narcissistic personality. When she turned out that way, who the fuck knows? But you told me you were going to a shrink. I used to suggest it and you'd blow your sack at me. Maybe you want to think about it. You know, going back into therapy. What'd you do with him? We buried him. On a hill. Oh. Overlooking a little river. With pine cones all around. You did? Come on, Janice, what the fuck? What do you care what we did with him? Huh? What do you, you want to know? I loved him so much. You're going to miss your bus. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. So good. It's fucked up because obviously Janice really did love that guy. Yeah. <laughs> what the hell? I'm... She really came. She was crying over the dead body. Oh my baby! I mean, oh my baby! I mean, it was very. She is. You killed the motherfucker <laughs> with two bullets. I mean, she, she shot him more than once. She is Livia Soprano. That's the. Th that's what I love about her so much is like is seeing so much of her mother in her. Because at first, when the character is introduced uh, earlier in the season, you're like, this is a woman who tried to get as far away as possible from the Soprano name, the Soprano. Uh, you know, just the entire mental illness of being a Soprano, right? And then. As soon as she's like back in there, you realize, oh, she's exactly like Livia. Like Livia was the same way. Probably, you know, happy as fuck when, uh, you know, her husband. Uh, what was what was Tony's father's name? Johnny. Johnny. Right. So probably as Johnny is dying of cancer or whatever, she's probably happy as fuck. As soon as as soon as he is dead. She is like he was a saint, and then and, just and it was like, the bitch, refusal. you probably killed him. Yeah, like you're probably the one who like gave him cancer through nagging. Is the, that possible? The, the perfect cognitive dissonance between your actions and the result of your actions is like that <laughs> yes. scene where she's you know well, she's she's trying to ask Tony to uh, mourn the guy that she just murdered with her. <laughs> I it seems to me like. Both of them, yes. Janice and, and Livia, are victims. They, yes. they they have to be victims. Yes. And so by claiming the legacy of, of Richie April mm -hmm. and, and mourning him, she can 
continue to be the victim. Yeah, exactly. My poor, my poor husband is. Dead. Exactly. Yeah, she's a widow now. Yeah, like, the martyr. She loves being. They all love being martyrs, and they get that. They from love Libya. being yeah. martyrs. It's a. It's some sort of Catholic thing. I don't know, but it is. Uh, they love their martyrdom. Um, but, but again, you know, just like. To me, the, this is one of the most well acted episode of the uh, episodes of The Sopranos. It's just like she is so good. Uh, you know, uh, Janice. Uh, what is that? Ada Tuturo. She's like, yeah. She's just John Tuturo's sister. John Tuturo's sister can fucking act. It is like that scene alone. I'm just like, God damn, she's good. Just like she does. She does love him that much. She just also killed him. Is that a conflict? Possibly. Is there? You know. <laughs> But it's it's what happened, you know. That's that's reality, and she just she just kills it in that scene. And the way she is legitimately sorry, she seems more sorry, less sorry about the fact that he's dead, and more sorry about uh, the fact that Tony had to clean it up for her. <laughs> and uh, and I love Tony's line. You know, all in all, I would say this is a pretty good trip. Uh, or a pretty, pretty oh, the, successful him, visit. Him fucking with her about like, oh yeah, we buried him on a hill with some pine cones is uh, <laughs> just perfect. Like it's just perfectly it's believable. Wonderful. Also a great joke. Just great writing all around. Yeah, just uh, just a perfect episode. And uh, Dave, like you said, it ends with uh, with Carm. You know, basically telling Tony, um, I'm gonna go on this trip to Rome with Roe. And you're going to have to take care of the kids because if I have to stay here, I may just end up committing suicide, you know, which is her. It's one of her best episodes. One of yeah. Mimi Falco's best. episodes. Yeah. And I... that, that moment when she calls uh, Richie and, and Janice's house. Just Olivia's to check. House, yeah. Just to make sure he's actually there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's real good. Yeah. Yeah. It sucks, you know, to, to have to kind of like steamroll over most of uh, Edie Falco's, uh, you know, the performance and also just uh, her her B story in this. But it's like there is something about Edie Falco, who is, I think, by far um, the best actress uh, on the show, if not, you know, if not one of the best actors who ever lived. Um that because she's so good you almost kind of like overlook it and and episodes where other characters end up having really good acting uh yeah you're just like oh wow they everyone really acted well meanwhile Edie falco is killing it just in every e- scene her face in. in that scene where she finds out about janice's uh gun sex like perfect yeah <laughs> yeah she doesn't have the, the the exciting uh sexy part in this episode her it's very much just character stuff of her coming to terms with tony's infidelity and figuring out how to live with that yeah like she has a full complete arc in the episode just in the episode yeah just in the 60 minutes of the episode and that's what goes back to what i was saying about this feeling like a a complete meal is every character has changed Mm -hmm. so much from where they start to where it ends yeah and uh and you know she's she's like uh one of the few people in the series that's made the moral choice you know especially in this episode she she, you know, finds Vic at his, you know, painting store or whatever and tells tells him, like, I'm glad you didn't come that day because something bad could have happened. And just so you know, I'm not going to be pursuing this, you know, goodbye. Maybe I'll be free someday. Goodbye. It's just like she's just she's the only one who does the right thing. And uh, you just love her for it. You just she's ah, she's so good. You know, I just like you could yeah, probably do a won. podcast just on Edie Falco Absolutely. on the show. 
Yeah. Well, I think uh, that pretty much covers um, all of the good art that we saw in this episode. I would say, um, <laughs> you know, all in all, Matt loves B- art. Matt loves art. It's a solid B plus. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Dave, thanks so much for uh, coming on uh, Pod Yourself a Gun. Oh, of course. I haven't watched The Sopranos in years, and, get, and going back to watch this episode, I was like, man, I'm due for a rewatch. This show, it holds up. Yeah. It's very late 90s, early 2000s yes. in, in a lot of ways, aesthetically and the way the drama is, but it's still really fucking good. Yeah. And, and I, it's worth it's worth checking out. Again. Definitely. I, you know, I suggest that to everyone, especially in these uh, the days of the quar, you know. You've got nothing else to do. Might as well do a Sopranos rewatch. And while you're at it, check out Pod Yourself a Gun. It's a great podcast. Uh, (laughs) So um, where uh, where can people find you online uh, to follow you? Uh, I am at Dave underscore Schilling on Twitter. Uh, Check that out. And then uh, my podcast, Full Court Chat with Dave Schilling, is going to debut very soon. We've recorded uh, It's a six-episode limited series uh where i interview some really amazing athletes and and exciting uh you know guests in in culture so nice check that out uh, we will check that out um everyone thank you for listening uh email us for you know any comments questions concerns that you have broadcast at gmail.com uh also patreon.com slash broadcast for bonus episodes of our regular show and we talk about not just the sopranos but all sorts of movies television shows sometimes we just talk about how our day is going so check out the bonus episodes there vince what's the google voice number 415-275-0030 all right Thank you so much for listening, everyone. And until next time, don't stop believing. Don't stop. Thanks, guys. That was fun. Yeah, Sopranos is fucking good. I need to watch that show again, honestly. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications at TryLifeMD.com? We're now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. It's fun to put on jeans that you couldn't get into six months ago. Every morning, I look forward to getting on the scale. For anybody who's struggling with their weight, it's a godsend. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at trylifemd.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com.